welcome to On the Brighter Side. I'm your host, Monica Tanner, and I'm really excited about our episode today. We're going to get back to talking a little bit about business and being successful with my guest, Megan Brame, who is a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who built a business and then went from a dream she loved to a job she hated. She burned out, walked away, and then started to teach others how to prevent the same thing from happening to them. She does this through both teaching value-based marketing funnels and creating an environment of self-care and breaking away from the hustle culture. Her podcast is called Stop Sucking at Business and the name basically says everything that it's about. She targets creative entrepreneurs who want to create a full-time income from their side gig, but don't know how to do it. Hi, Megan. How are you doing? Hi, Monica. I am awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. My pleasure. So let's start by having you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your family. Yeah. So I'm originally from Pittsburgh. Uh, My husband is originally from Cincinnati. We met in college and we had a long distance relationship for a number of years but then he decided to come back to Pittsburgh for me when I was finishing up college. We moved to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina for a year because it seemed like a good thing to do. It was not. Uh, we ended up moving up to Brooklyn and we spent about eight years there, which is where I started to run this business, which was soap and skincare and candle company. It was called Metropolis Soap Company. And it was what I call the industry darling. Like you said, it won five industry awards. I got my name in the New York Times. It was incredibly cool experience, except that I would not give up control of anything. I was afraid to spend the money or... I could do it faster if I just did it. So I'm just going to do it. Or these people don't know the business the way I do, so on and so forth. And like you said, it became this job that I absolutely hated to go to. And I didn't realize that until I was in the kitchen talking to my husband one day. And we were just talking about, you know, the normal stuff, normal day-to-day stuff. And he said to me, you know, it sounds like you're not happy. And that was like being hit with a Mack truck. It was just like, what, what do you mean? It doesn't sound like I'm happy. I was just talking about my day and it became this moment of really hard self-reflection of, am I happy? Am I not happy? What is causing me to sound this way if I'm not, if I am happy? And if I'm not, why am I not happy? And it really became pretty clear that this business that I was running was making me miserable and affecting my marriage. So I I just decided that I didn't want to be this person anymore. And I didn't want, I wanted better for us, for myself, for everybody's uh, mental health and And in 2015, I decided to walk away from the business and close it. I could have sold it, but it was like a bad breakup. Like I just wanted gone. I just wanted it all done with. And from there, we left Brooklyn. I moved to upstate New York. We bought a house. We got the dog, Jimmy Bagels. You know, we got the traditional life. And I had to start thinking about, okay, well, what do I want to be when I grow up now? I I have to make money. I have to earn income somehow. I had had this blog called Handmade Brooklyn, which kind of cataloged the things that I was seeing as an entrepreneur, just, you know, the cool stuff around New York, the different artists I was meeting, but it had transitioned more into just talking about my own experiences as an entrepreneur, the hard lessons I had learned so that other people wouldn't have to do it that way. And I began to realize that I really liked talking about this stuff. I really liked connecting with other people who were either 
in the same situation or were getting close to being in that situation. And if I could prevent them from having to go through the same issues I had and learning to not hate these things that you had created, then that was something that I really felt like was a calling to me. Yeah. From there. And I'm I'm so excited to hear how you do that because we can get burned out of anything that we're doing, a business, our family, anything. So I'm really excited to hear how you help people prevent burnout. Absolutely. And when I started going full throttle into that, that was one of the main things I really focused on was it is my job to help people keep their passion about this thing, whether they're at the kitchen table doing it at nights and weekends, or whether it's a full-time gig, you know, if I can help somebody keep the business relationship with this thing they had created alive, then that's my goal. And like you said, burnout happens in so many avenues in so many ways. And it's hard to recognize the pebbles of it before you hit that mountain. So that's something I really like doing is helping people recognize that and prevent them from slamming into that mountain. Yeah, I love that. So I know that your message is a lot about making self-care a priority. So Mm -hmm. how do you manage making self-care a priority even when it's hard? Because you hear right now people, I mean, the world is getting very, very difficult and people are very, very stressed. There's a lot of uncertainty and self-care is is huge, but it's also very, very difficult. So how can we manage self-care even when it's very hard? It's especially hard right now. So I completely sympathize. The best answer is the most annoying answer. And that's just, you have to make it the priority, but that starts with your mental health. And when I wasn't doing self-care, I saw self-care as something that was taking me away from earning money or was, you know, I, I don't have time to have a hobby. I, I can't do something that's going to not earn me money. I need to earn money. I need to do this thing. And I know now that had I given myself permission to be nice to myself, then things would be completely different. So what I usually recommend people do when it comes to self-care and making it a priority is to recognize that you matter and that you are worth it. And especially entrepreneurs who want, who are in the trenches all the time and they don't see all the progress they make and all of the good that they're doing, you have to take a minute to say, would I let my best friend be treating themselves like this? If not, why am I treating myself like this? And it's a lot of reflection and it's something that I've had to learn through therapy that it's cool to be okay with yourself and to say, maybe this isn't making me money directly, but I am so much more creative and free and less stressed and abundance mindset because I say I matter and I need to take care of this vessel, both mentally, physically, you know, emotionally, so that I can be a better coach, a better entrepreneur, a better person, a better wife, you know, collect the whole set. Yeah, I love that question. Like, would I allow my best friend to treat herself like this? Or would I treat my best friend like this? No, then I shouldn't treat myself that way. I love that. So building a business of my own, I know how challenging it can be to balance family and hustling to get things started. And what kind of boundaries can we put in place to ensure that we don't build that dream business, but in the process lose what's most important to us? It's funny. My husband is a freelance writer and I've, I'm a writer in some ways, you know, I'm a marketer, but 
we both work from home. He's, I don't know, maybe 15 feet away from me right now. And it's funny because yes, we see each other all the time, but we were just talking about this the other day. We don't connect very often. And it's something that I have to be cognizant of. And he has to be cognizant of too, of, okay, we have to set a break. We have to set these times that it's just our relationship. And for us, we make Fridays and Saturday nights a priority of like the family can't contact us then we can't look at email we can't like it is just honestly it's just us laying in bed watching TV all the time but that is sacred for us and that's how I usually recommend people take the first step is just start very small and recognize that this is all connected your relationships your business your self, money, self-esteem, all of those things, they are all connected and you have to give them each their own space. It doesn't have to be the equal amount of space, but create a list of the things that you value and give those things at top the most priority. So, you know, during the week, Steve and I don't connect a lot, but we make the weekends just connection intensive. And also <laughs> when our dog is at daycare, then that's those are also the days <laughs> that we do that because Jimmy bagels is a lot. But when we are able to just be together and be cognizant of that, the preciousness of that, for lack of a better phrase, then that I think that that has been what we have made, why we have such a strong marriage. And for people who are thinking about like, I want to be an entrepreneur, or I am an entrepreneur, and I'm also in a committed relationship, or I have other people in my life whom I have to give priority to. The first step is just recognizing that you have to say that is a priority and that is sacred. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You're totally speaking my love language now and you're talking about relationships (laughs) and making them a priority. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I get that because it's really hard for me in my business actually to explain to somebody that there is a direct relationship between your relationship and the amount of money that you can make. So like for sure coaches that are selling business coaching and things like that, you could, you know, they can charge a lot more for their services because they're promising I'm going to teach you these things. And then you're going to start having five, six figure weeks, launches, whatever the case may be. And so people are willing to spend the money on it. But when you talk about relationships, it's very hard to be like, I'm trying to get ahead. And it's difficult to get people to spend money on their relationship when you don't see this one-to-one ratio between that money and the ROI on it, right? But for those of us who understand business and who understand life in a way that it is, you are getting a direct ROI time and energy that you're spending on your relationship for so many reasons. One of them is what good is it to get to the top of your mountain and be super ultra successful in business if you've got no one to share that with? I mean, come on, right? And you know, a mentor that we both love, Russell Brunson always says, you're only as successful as your spouse will allow you to be. So if you're (laughs) neglecting all of the relationships in your life and just plowing ahead in business, you're yet have a painful awakening at some point when you're like, oops, like, and so what I want to ask you about Megan is how do you protect your intimate relationships when you're both so busy with business, when you see each other physically all the time, but like you said, you're not connecting. How do you make that really important and be aware of it? Well, and one thing I wanted to point out too, is that a lot of people get the wrong perspective on prioritizing from social media, specifically thinking about people like Gary Vee, who always working, always hustling, always, but what they fail to see is that 
Gary V goes to his daughter's dance recitals. Like that's, that's the priority. That's, you cannot contact me then. Like he makes sure that he's there for his kids, for his wife. And so just wanted to keep that in everyone's perspective is that don't base what you think you should be doing in terms of working on your business by what you see other people doing on social media, because you're getting a very filtered lens. So when you are looking into connecting with a busy spouse, when you are also busy, it's about communicating with them first to say that I have these needs in my business. Like, you know, today I said to Steve, you know, I have, I have podcasts that I want to do today and I'm not going to be available until two o'clock our time or something like that. And he recognizes that. And then he also, you know, I have a client that I have to finish my thing for. So I'll need to be left alone. Like, okay. So I will, I'll go in my office and he will go. It's about communicating your needs but keeping perspective that they are also a person, an autonomous person who has needs and who has feelings and who has you being short with them or ignoring them or being blase about your relationship, treat others how you want to be treated essentially. And that's the way that we work it. You know, we, we have a weekly Sunday nights. We have like, okay, what's going on this week for you and what's going on this week for him. Then from there, we understand, okay, I have to get A, B, C, D, E done. He has to get F, G, H, these things done. And then we give each other the space to do that. But still recognizing that for me, and I hope for him too, like we are number one, we are priority number one. Yeah. I think also in terms of what you mentioned, when you see people on social media, like doing so much and providing so much content, like Gary V, you've got to remember too, that he's got massive team behind him that, you know, even though it seems like he's every we're doing everything all the time. He's got all of these people on his team that are creating content for him. And so when you're just starting out in business, don't think that you have to be in all the places doing all the things because you can't do that on your own. It's like a progression. He's been around for a long time. He's built up a huge team. They've got systems and processes in place. You know, it's very important to be consistent, but you don't have to be everywhere doing everything all the time. Another really important thing to remember that I actually just recently, this came about for me is I'm really into consistency. And so it's really important for me to, you know, send out my email at the same time every week and drop my podcast at the same time every week. And so what happened was I went on vacation with my family and I was trying the week before I was totally unavailable to everyone because I was trying so hard to get everything prepared, you know, Mm -hmm. out so that when we left Wi-Fi and all of that stuff, that everything would publish the way it was supposed to. And what happened was my husband like came to me and he was like, listen, this is not working out. Like you cannot, you've been completely unavailable to plan this trip. And like, I've done it all and like all of these things. And I was totally neglecting my number one priority because I was so focused on. And what happened was I went on this trip and my YouTube video didn't come out like the day that it was supposed to. And I didn't send an email that week at all. And guess what? Nobody died. Right. 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 I didn't get like thousands of emails. Like, where's your email? Where's your YouTube video? Like what happened? Like nobody died or was waiting with bated breath for this content to come out. Like, and so when I got back, it was like, oh man, I realized that yes, it's important to be consistent. And yes, it's important to be there for your audience, but it's more important to be there for the people 
who matter the most to you, those people will notice your absence. The other people right. won't necessarily. And so I'm like this week, my, my best friend turned 40 and my husband took me on this trip and we, you know, got to celebrate her birthday and it was amazing. And all of my Tuesday content didn't come out until Wednesday. And mm-hmm. so when we're thinking about that balance and all the things that we're doing, it's just really important to just keep in your mind, like the people that are the biggest, highest priority to you. Are you prioritizing those people first? Because everyone else is going to be okay. <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, you're talking about you need to prioritize the people in your life. We're all in our own little world, right? We're all in our own little, oh my God, people are going to freak out if I don't send this email. And the people that are in your little world are the ones that notice. So you're totally right. And the people outside your world all have their own little inner worlds too that they're focusing on. And so you need to kind of recognize that, that stay humble in your business and recognize that the things that are going to matter are the things that are in your little world. And everyone has their own pains. Everyone has their own things they're dealing with. And if your content is late a day, like you said, no one's going to die. It's going to be fine. And that's something that I really try and practice. It's a dynamic thing. It's not always the same. It's something you have to work at, I think, really hard. Yeah, for sure. And it's just having that perspective. Like for me, it took that week-long vacation to be with the people that I love the most, to be like, oh my gosh, this is what's most important. And these are the people that miss me when I'm absent, right? Everybody else, I mean, they're great. I'm sure they, I'm sure people consume my content, but it's not like they're like at six o'clock on Tuesday morning, they're like, oh my gosh, where's the YouTube video? Like nobody's Mm -hmm. doing that. But you know, when somebody has a stomach ache or, you know, is up in the night or what, those are the people that need me. Those are the people that I have to show up for. The rest of the people are going to be just fine and probably not even notice the time or the date or anything that, you know, where that content is. So, so putting that in perspective is a difficult thing to do, but so important. If you want, you can blame it on algorithms now, you know, things aren't served. Things aren't served chronologically. Yeah, absolutely. So (laughs) it wasn't me that missed the deadline. It was Instagram that didn't show you the content. Totally, totally. Yes, absolutely. I love that. There were just technical difficulties. That's right. That's right. So I would love for you to spend a couple of minutes just giving us some of your best tips and tricks for keeping your relationship passionate and fun when you're in such close quarters all the time, when he's 15 feet away from you and you know what he's doing all the time, how do you keep that passion alive and that fun and spontaneity going? I think it's about being curious about him. And, you know, we talk about our, we get together at the end of the day, we talk about each other's day and then we both pet the dog because the dog needs attention. And, you know, we spend time doing our own things too. So he's very into sports and is very heartbroken right now, (laughs) but I'm not into sports. And so we'll do our own things. And I think that that helps it, that helps keep the curiosity and the, the interest for lack of a better phrase, like, yeah, he's in the other room which is only a couple of feet away, but he's doing his own thing and I'm doing my own thing. And then when we come together, we have our things and our things are watching the same TV shows together or hanging out on the deck. We love to just sit for, for deck drinkies, you know, and just go and be together. And so I think that I, I hope that's answering your question. It, no, it's about I love that you created a name for that deck. <laughs> I love it. I mean, that is what makes a relationship passionate and fun is like having your own language for things and your own, yes. 
recognition of the things that are important to you. And that's beautiful. Inside jokes, code names, I love for that. <laughs> and we have, we, have an, we have an understanding that Steve and I are sharing the same brain. So it, it's about just being aware of, one, he's an autonomous person and I'm an autonomous person, but we have these shared interests and these shared, like you said, this, this love language, we have our same code switches, we have our same annoyances, we have our same we have these things that we share together that are enough for lack of a better thing. Like we have our separate lives where he has his passions and I have my passions, but the things that we have together are enough and are good. And that's, I think that that's a big key for us is understanding that I don't need to, he doesn't need me there to watch the Yankees with him. I don't need him there to watch the Seinfeld for the 46th time. You know, like it's, (laughs) we have, we have our splits and those splits are the healthy part in addition to the healthy part of having our thing together. I love it. I love it so much. And I think it's important to note too, that you make time for the things you prioritize. And I know I'm a very a type a business brain. And so I have to make my husband part of my, my daily big five things, right? So, you know, there's these things that I need to accomplish in my business, but I make my spouse and my family part of that big five. So sometimes I even have to like schedule it in my phone, like text my husband, how are you doing at 10 o'clock? You know, whatever that, whatever that might look like, but it's really important to prioritize it just like you would prioritize any other action item in your business. Completely. And it's funny like you say that I have my bullet journal, which has just look at your vision board today and look at, and it's the same thing of just, okay, I need to, if I need to make it on a list where I cross it off, then at least it gets done. And then I remember that all of my priorities that day have been touched upon. Perfect. Oh gosh, I love it. So here is my signature question that I ask all my guests. If you had the undivided attention of all the creative entrepreneurs in the entire world for just a few minutes, what is the most important thing you could teach them about balancing family and professional life? That you matter, that you are part of that. You are not just a tool of your business or a person, like a bystander in your relationships and your family, like you matter. And so it should be worth the effort for you to make that a priority. And that sounds more judgy than I mean it. It, It's more of a give yourself the ability to say, I need to make myself a priority. Like I want to go meditate for 20 minutes and I want to go write blog posts for a day. And in understanding that those are all part of it. And if you give them all the same, if you give them all space, not the same space, but if you give them all space, then they're going to work in congruence together and make you a better entrepreneur, a better spouse, a better person in your community, a better parent. You know, like you don't have to have it all. You have to understand that whatever you have that you want to have needs space. And whether that's Friday nights with your husband or an hour after your work day or to decompress, like whatever you need to be okay in your space is worth the time slot, essentially. I love it. That's beautiful. So tell my listeners where they can find you and learn more about the work that you do. I would love if they went to my website, meganbrame.com. You can also go to Instagram is also stop sucking a business. <laughs> 
truth in advertising, but I just launched a book called Day One, A Practical Guide to Launching Your New Business. And they can download a free chapter all about my worst day in business that can hopefully help them. It's at dayonethebook.com, but you can also get it at meganbrave.com. That's awesome. I'm so excited. Well, I hope that they will do that because what a great way to definitely put that in perspective and balance is huge. You're never going to be in perfect balance, but if we're heading in that direction, if we're making that our aim, then we'll be doing okay. So anyways, thank you so much for your wisdom and for being so vulnerable and sharing your experience with us. I really, really appreciate your time and wish you the best of luck in all that you are doing. Thank you so much, Monica. This was fantastic. Loved that interview with Megan and how candidly she shared the lessons she has learned the hard way about managing our self-care, our relationships, and our business goals. If you loved this content, you guys, we are really getting close to the big relaunch of On the Brighter Side of Marriage my new season, which will focus so heavily on that intersection between marriage, family life, and entrepreneurship. I cannot wait to share the interviews I have been doing with incredibly successful entrepreneurs on what they've learned about balancing marriage, family life, and entrepreneurship, as well as the skills and strategies I have learned along the way as I have fumbled and bumbled to find the balance between my dedication to my family and my passion for my message. I hope that you guys will follow along and tune in on November 16th as we relaunch On the Brighter Side of Marriage. And I can't wait to give you even more details about all of the incredible things we have lined up. So stay tuned and we'll see you next week. Until then, have courage, be kind, and stay on the brighter side. 